with the Kevin Hart perfect thing because you know he was videotaped cheating on his wife and yeah exactly that that's like, what I was, was thinking a, when yeah, he was saying that shit yeah, I was, I was like, like there's, there's a lot of uh, issues here <laughs> yeah. in uh, Kevin Hart's history not to say that you know humans aren't humans, humans and we all and, have our yeah. issues but you know like yeah. to say he's four tweets away, away from, from perfect, perfect. nah uh, with right. that being said uh, get well Kevin Hart uh, yeah, well, Kevin yo, Hart, give, uh, sure. he was in a car accident. Right. I don't know. On Sunday, you know, night, yeah, yeah. no, he got yeah. a car accident. Uh, he broke had three a, bones in his back. He just had major surgery to oh, fix yeah. it, Crazy. and it he will be a quite a rehab What's up process. With these black comedians in these car accidents. Because uh, that's, Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. That's now, when you said that. I was like, are you talking about Tracy Morgan? If the if the <laughs> if the Kevin details Hart. and stipulations were were similar, I get there with you. But there's it's a huge difference. We don't need to get into it. Tracy Morgan got hit by a Walmart truck in like traffic or some shit like that. Yeah, a guy fell asleep and hit. Sleep and hit them. Uh, yeah, the guy was driving while my Kevin Hart was in the passenger seat, and his friend was driving a uh, like fancy ass sports car that he owned, and like, like crashed miles it. Yeah, and crashed. He into went too dip. fast. Celebrities got to stop doing that. Some uh, chick who was in um, the I think you can sing whatever that American Idol. She was driving a, a whip like a hundred something miles an hour and just died. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It just I mean, like, what hey. would you expect? You're not supposed to move that fast. We're humans. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I think what Dave was trying to say about Kevin Hart, like, if you go, because I went back and watched his other specials, is that you know him and Kevin Hart kind of have like a Barkley Jordan, like who's yeah, the best? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. he's actually being kind of sarcastic. He's not saying Kevin Hart is perfect. He's just like. He's like, oh, I can't beat this nigga. Kevin Hart would have been the best if he had just not done those four yeah. tweets. Like, I think... I, can, like, I can't beat have, this nigga, they, so they have a whole back and forth. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave His Chappelle's son son's favorite comedian is, is Kevin Hart. Is yeah, Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always talking about... Like, he did the same thing yeah, with Nick yeah. Cannon, too. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick Cannon's Fuck hilarious, Nick. Dad. Fuck Nick Cannon. Right, <laughs> Nick Cannon ain't gonna buy you no school clothes. And so he's just like, you know, he's like Kevin Hart was like the next class coming up under him in the comedy game. So he sees him as his little brother. And so sometimes he's got to rib him a little bit. Mm. about like you know how great he is and all that so I think that's what he was saying but anyway yeah. Sticks and Stones yeah. is amazing it's go amazing yeah it. go watch it go my watch man it. Juicy Smooth yeah. Juicy you know Smooth I'm yeah. you know what I'm saying hilarious I had yeah. a good time with that yeah. also hey, he, like Kevin uh, Kevin uh, Dave Chappelle says the thing oh, nah we'll get into it but like with uh, the whites <laughs> oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like they love it they love heroin they love heroin white people laser love... beam predicted that <laughs> he, he called that <laughs> one first let's put that one up one yeah. point for laser beam we'll, we'll just that. pepper a man yeah. <laughs> and, pepper. and then the same solution hey just don't do drugs man don't that's do drugs exactly. that's yeah that's true. I don't care either <laughs> exactly <laughs> the don't views of laser beam and double black are not those of catalyst but I agree don't do drugs especially if you're at a midsummer festival. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, that's one of the only places I'm not doing drugs. Um, 
But while we talking black comedians, because this is a black podcast, uh, shout out to Roy Wood Jr. He's been killing it lately. I don't know yeah. if you guys, yes, yeah, he yeah, has. he has been murdering it lately ever since he got his uh, gig with the Daily Show and all that yeah. good stuff. But oh. uh, shout out to him, man. Okay. Um, I've been watching a lot of his stand up lately, and uh, that that dude is is top notch. For I just real, for real. watched him on Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh yeah, a couple Yo, weeks ago. He's great. Oh, they, he's great. That was one of the best episodes ever. It was uh, so good. Look up. Yeah. Uh, both of you guys, the Dothan Drug Boys sketch. He mm. does his stand-up right. thing. One mm. of the funniest things. Yeah. I've had to watch it like four times since I've seen it. It's like 15 minutes yeah. of pure comic gold. If you've uh, ever so, seen him when he tells the mm. story about meeting Luther Campbell in real life. Yes, yes. So, same same show. It's called uh, It's called uh, This Is Not Happening, I yeah, think. This Is yeah. Not Happening. Um, yeah, same yeah. show. He tells yeah. another story. Right. About I love that the, show. Yeah, so yeah, I put this down I'll, in my Google. Put, yeah, put it down in your, yeah. yeah, please. Yeah, I love This Is Not Happening. I watch a ton of that. Yeah. Shout out to him, but begin podcast. We up in here, man. Um, we are loving it lately. It's, it's, we starting to get in the flow. You know what I'm saying? It's starting to become a real cool thing. Uh, I am Catalyst, uh, your faithful host and member of this lovely crew of ragtag nerds. Um, I got the crew with me that's, you know, normally the crew with me at this point. Um, uh, shout out Force and Core Window. We miss you. We hope to have you back soon. But Love uh, you guys. right miss across you. from me, real casually with the open button up like seal, I got uh, laser beam like a kiss from the rose on the gray. <laughs> talking about oh uh, Batman Forever. Check it out. <laughs> Batman Forever. Oh, my God. Is that the one with Kilmer? Yeah. And yeah, Nicole yeah. Kidman? Yeah. Oh yeah, I got to see that because I haven't seen that one in the longest time. Yeah. yeah. Is that the one with, like, nipples on the bat suit and, like, yeah. giant yeah. cod yeah. piece? Oh, God. Yeah. Tommy Lee Yo, Jones. He was, like, he was standing on that rock. He was standing on that rock right. with the water coming behind yeah. him with his hands open and the yeah. open button up. Yeah. Laser beam over here like yeah. seal. The seal, seal supreme today. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then behind me in the hoodie and the beanie I got. Yo, it's your boy Double Black in the building. This is not a hoodie. This is an urban cardigan. Oh, <laughs> take that. We take recoining that. that. We take <laughs> that's 2019, 2020 we, urban cardigan. Yeah, exactly. Hoodie, that's crazy. It's a branding problem. It's a UC. <laughs> I don't have no hoodie on. I got a UC on. Exactly. Baby. You know what yo, I'm yo, saying? Yo, yo, your boy Double Black in the building, ready to talk this nerdiness to you. Talking about all the spectacularness that is nerdy and black in America right now. Yes, yes. And today, this is a, a special episode for us, I'm going to say. Uh, we are talking about a movie that, uh, you know, I'll be honest, many of you probably don't know about, unless you know me and I've been telling you to see it for the last week and a half since I've seen it. Um, and it's called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I don't have a ton of the details on it because I was actually put onto it by Double Black, um, who probably has all the details about names of people who are in the movie and things like that but it is a wonderful piece of cinema about what it is like to be a uh i'm not, I'm not even gonna say a struggling black man but just a, a a black man in an urban uh metropolis in this day and age man um so uh double black i'm gonna let you take it from there yeah so uh this movie you know for me this movie represents the the sort of dueling masculinities uh of of being a black man in America. Um, the movie does a really good portrayal of the hood guy, the street dude, um, but also the smart or, you know, educated, more erudite, um, artistic brothers who are out there in this sort of juxtaposition. I mean, there's different, uh, there's also the street hustlers, there is 
the you know represented by the character's father there's also the preacher so there's all these different you know sort of veils archetypes of, yeah, yeah. yeah archetypes, Ar- archetypes but, um, and, and that doesn't like put anybody in a box because no. many, many characters have multiple of those aspects in them yeah and to be honest that's what a black man is today yeah like, yeah. like you can be eloquent and still be out there going hard yeah so so you know uh For you know sure. not, not to derail too much but t i said in an interview you know what i'm saying you know i'm eloquent i'm handsome i'll take your girlfriend and i'll be out here in the streets doing some street shit yeah why can't i be all that yeah so this movie i think showed a great view of all of those things yeah and you know some of the characters i think are kind of uh caught in a box especially the guys who are on the street yeah because and you know the guy who like sleeps in his car and like all you know mike epps's character but um, I'm not going to do too much on the plot. I'll just read a real quick byline that the plot centers on efforts of an African-American man named Jimmy to reclaim his childhood home, a Victorian house in the Fillmore district built by his grandfather in San and, Francisco, in San Francisco. And so like that's in like um, the movie touches a lot on gentrification and like how, yep. you know, with the sort of uh, all these tech companies uh, in the Bay Area, especially you know, Google, Amazon, whatnot, uh, all just kind of blowing up and and uh, and their employees doing very well, making lots of money, and then mm. buying out, like, home mm. after home after home um, from these people. And San Francisco is not uh, sort of uh, alone in this. You know, last summer or last year, I traveled to seven major American cities. I was in San Diego. I was in L.A. I was in New York. I was in New Boston. I was in Chicago. Um, and I saw this happening in every city I went to, it's a gentrification with you know young people, I can tell mainly you what's white. In DC, um, yeah, uh, mobile, uh, upperly mobile class. Upperly mobile class. Uh, you know, a lot of newly rich, uh, like we're talking like six figures, seven low seven figure. Uh, you know, mainly white, but some black, some Asian uh, people, some Latino people in tech and in all these new kind of companies buying up property for their you know, nice condos and yoga studios and, and Starbucks and our artisanal shops and, and things like that. Um, but mm. what ends up happening is they end up pushing out all these people of these neighborhoods. And that's what, you know, uh, the character Jimmy is trying to be the last black guy hanging out in this historically ethnic neighborhood, which has been completely gentrified and bought up by yuppies um, and, and, and really infiltrated by this yuppie bro culture. Um, and so uh, he's trying to hold on to it, uh, his home, because this is his identity. This is how he he you know he says very poignantly he could because one of the street guys is a childhood friend of his, and they have a sort of arc together that I won't reveal too much. But they you know he's like I could have ended up like him if it wasn't for this house. If I didn't have this mission to get back my family's house and to take care of this house, um, I I would have uh, I, I would have ended up like that guy and this house gave me an identity almost um and which is a very beautiful and poignant scene um and the movie really like it's you know it's not your typical narrative three-act structure protagonist antagonist it's very much done in the vein and the genre of expository filmmaking which is you know you kind of just follow the characters and things happen and the story kind of reveals itself over time as opposed to just like this is the action this is you know we need to have a car wash and do this and that to save the house and the neighborhood comes together like you know in the hands of a like lesser director this movie would have been just become that instead of just like this actual sort of slow layered you know uh, approach to 
um, revealing the characters and who they are and the lies and the truths and like how everything's mixed up. Um, but the movie stars this young man named uh, Jimmy Fails is the main star, um, and he uh, directed it or he starred he in it. Co-wrote. And he co-wrote it with the director Joe Talbot. And Joe Talbot and Jimmy Falls are like good friends. I think they went to like either college or got their like uh, MFA together doing. Uh, they, they either met in college or right after college, uh, you know, and they're both San Francisco natives. And the movie is really a love letter to San Francisco in a mm. lot of ways. And while Talbot is a white dude, he really understands the sort of, you know, because he's like a fifth or sixth generation San Franciscan who's also been pushed out. And there's a whole part of the movie where he, he bump, the character jump, bumps into this very eccentric kind of white dude, but he's also being pushed out, too. Um, because San Francisco is also known as a place for, you know, crazy, not crazy, but like alternative people live and those people are being pushed out as well. And so um, it's a uh, it's really well written. It's really well directed by Joe Talbot. Uh, it's his directorial debut. The movie stars, uh, like I said, Jimmy Fails and this other guy, John Majors, who plays his best friend, who's this poet and um, artist and, 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 and playwright. Play, yeah. And he does a one man play in the, in the movie. Uh, yeah, I thought they was like cousins. They were so close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, they're kind of like you know they grow and the, the characters just grow up together and they yeah, spend so much time. Yeah, they black cousins. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, Danny Glover is plays the the best uh, friend, the best friend's dad, and where they where they stay at. Tanisha. And he's blind, and, and he's blind. Yeah. yeah, and I think he donated all his time. Like he just did it for because he sent. You know, if you listen to interviews, uh, Danny Glover is a third or fourth generation San Franciscan. Like oh. his father I think got the GI Bill and like moved him to a nice house in San Francisco kind of similar to the story of the of what's mm. happening and so um, I've listened to like three or four interviews of them talk of the writer director and some of the stars what a difference the GI Bill yeah exactly <laughs> reparations because not all black people got the GI Bill um, yeah, anyway it's nice uh, that Danny Glover's family got it <laughs> yeah exactly no, he's Danny Glover yeah Tanisha <laughs> uh, Tanisha Arnold yeah, uh, Pam Tashina Tashina, sorry, Tashina. Pam no, no. from uh, uh, Martin. <laughs> she plays the main character's aunt. She plays the group of you know, like much like in me and Laser Beam's family, we have black aunts who she move was like out my to the, aunts. who move out to the suburbs. who say like, we're not. I'm tired of fighting these white people, and they keep boxing us in the shitty neighborhoods. So right, we're just gonna yeah. move to the suburbs yeah. and start over again. And so that's what yeah, she it's did. out and exactly. It's uh, so it's like so you know, forty five so minutes to an hour outside the city. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like places people don't want to live because it's not happening. It's not hap. It's not. It's not much it's going not on. Hip, it's too know. far to the, yeah, the central area yeah. of yeah. Uh, but it's nice. It's safe. You can live out yeah, there. You're just trying to strive and survive. You know. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, know. and then Rob Morgan, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite actors, he, if you watch the Netflix uh, Marvel series, he is the, he's the one character that's in like all of them. Uh, his besides, name is, uh, Claire. Besides Claire. <laughs> yeah. His name is Turk. Uh, he's like the street dude that Daredevil kind of beats up. And then like he, you know, has some dealings with Luke Cage later and shows up in Iron Fist and in Jessica Jones. Uh, he is uh, in oh, what is that Netflix movie? I'm gonna blank on the name of it. Uh, uh, but yeah, he's quickly becoming. He plays the main character's dad, and like, if you are a black man between the ages of like Mudbound, Mudbound, yeah, he's he's the dad in Mudbound. Um, if you're a black man with, between the ages of like, 
I would say 33 and like 50, you have a dad or an uncle like this dude. He is like like his character, like his character. Yeah, Rob Rob Morgan really really kills it. Like this guy has really become one of my favorite actors. Again, um, he's so good. I didn't even recognize him. I know all those things you were yeah, mentioning. Yeah, exactly. I actually didn't even recognize him for a bit. Yeah, he's, he's so, so I still don't even quite know what character you're talking about. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, his father. He's, he's his father. He's Monk's the, uh, mom's father or uh, no, 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 uh, no, no. Um, Jimmy's, Jimmy's father. Jimmy's father. Huh, okay. The one he's selling the DVDs. Yeah, 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 he goes to see him in the home and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's you know okay. his his dad. But he's you know he he's such a good actor. He's a, he's a chameleon. Like he uh, he's a completely different character than what he was in Mudbound. A completely different character than what he plays in those Marvel Netflix. shows. So I just want to get into something real quick. Yo, go about, for it. Uh, about his father. So exactly. So his father and mother um, had this house and that's why he loves this house because it was the, like the last part of his life that was stable and good and it was his childhood uh, Jimmy Jimmy um, yeah. it's and this, safe yeah. and it was safe and it's this really nice Victorian house it's over like 150 years old um, so it's great you know things built to last and it's a super nice house and it's worth like two million dollars now yeah um but even in like the late 80s and 90s when he was a kid um or late 90s i suppose um it was uh it was still worth something it was still like very valuable and so it was his last sanction uh sanctuary and uh and his family lost it because his parents started doing drugs yeah. like some real drugs i don't know i think they i can't remember heroin or crack, crack. or probably crack or smoking crack Probably yeah, crack. he and sees his mom on the bus. Yeah, <laughs> and so like his family gets, he gets, they lose the house. His uh, family gets destroyed. Destroyed. Um, he goes into group homes. Group homes as a kid. Yeah, this is why. Care. Yeah, no, yeah. he's not even like the nor. I was going to get into this. He's not even like normal, like black poor. He's like poor, poor. He's yeah. like destitute. Like, yeah, he, he's a know. street person. He's basically. a street person. Yeah. yeah, like he's been homeless. He's lived in the car with the car guy for a while. Yeah. Like I, you know, if it, it wasn't for know. his buddy Mont, the one who is like the actor and the playwright, yeah. you know, Mont, kind of, Mont and Mont's dad, played by Danny Glover, they take him, him in, in and they yeah. give him some so, space, some stability and some space, and you yeah. know. But he's um, never, he's always living on the hospitality of others. Of others, and his, the fact that his parents, so that's like a big difference, uh, a big difference between like my experience and this character's experience. Like his parents, like really fell apart and like because of drugs and it's a big part of it's all this is these things of history that's been going on in the black community uh forever and it's just, you know like the the drugs part like really tore his family apart and like he hasn't even seen his parent or his mother in like uh, long years, years. Like then he sees her i don't want to get it too much in because that scene is really powerful it, like really hit me oh yeah when he sees uh, his mom on, sees the bus. on the bus yeah i was gonna, so <laughs> yeah so it, yeah, yeah while it, yeah. it that that it, it my 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 mom did a lot to keep things stable. That's what I'll say on that whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And like I can kind of relate to some of that stuff. So like, yeah. And so his interaction so with good. her was is just so is so strange and powerful. And uh, if you can't even recognize that, then uh, anyway. But uh, and then so so it's just this whole thing, and it's just this lost part of 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 our culture, it's like due to drugs. So but like have some sympathy for that you know and yeah well i mean i mean if in the current world where there's this whole opioid crisis happening with white people and you know they didn't have a lot of sympathy you know for 
when crack was ravaging exactly. our now neighborhoods we're, now we're talking. in the in yeah. the 80s and the 90s and but now it's just like oh, oh these people are sick and we got to get them into treatment okay. and, and you know it's, a, it's an epidemic now. it's an epidemic now yeah. but it's like a crisis when, used to be a war you know, on crime yeah it was yeah. a war on crime just say no to drugs nancy just say no Reagan just say no as my man Chappelle said just, just say no to drugs yeah so yeah and so yeah and it's like you know, they locked, that, they locked like, us up and yeah. they called us super predators and like all that kind of nonsense behind yeah. all this crack cocaine bullshit. Yeah. You know, which, you know, not to get too conspiracy theorists, but the CIA fucking gave it to the fucking drug dude. Like, it's, right. anyway. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Just, yeah. And so, um, but yeah, so in this film, what is just touching on it just briefly, it's just a background part of his background that yeah. his family got destroyed because of it. Yeah. And um, and millions of black families that happened to, to yeah, you know, in, in the eighties and the nineties, and yeah. so and then uh, you know people want to be like, oh, everyone starts with even footing in this country. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> you so, know, did you I, I didn't do anything to yeah. your. Yeah, yeah cool, but recognize what happened. Like, recognize like <laughs> the institutional cool. you, I know stuff. you didn't do nothing. I'm not trying to fight you right now. Yeah, yeah, like, but, but like recognize like that didn't happen to your family. Yeah, exactly. Right. You got to grow up safe in a place where you had a mom, and, and that's a dad the whole point. He had a yeah, they they because his grandfather they kind of had a safe space with this house. Yeah, and then it got taken away. Yeah. Um, and drought, we should also yeah. mention that the film is autobiographical. Like this is actually based on Jimmy yeah, Fells' life. Yeah, like, a lot of this it really is. happened. So he I had... didn't know that. I thought it was like a fictional story. No, I didn't know a that. lot of it. No. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, there, know, there's it's... fictional elements no, and stuff yeah. they did for and everything that's purpose. written for the screen is like. But that. it's that, the that's, nugget yeah, of this. I wouldn't even. Yeah. Now you have a time machine. Yeah, right. you can't. Yeah. Yeah. The you nugget can. of the story is that yeah. until he was like yeah. seven or yeah. eight years old, the nugget of the story is that until he was seven or eight years old, his family lived in this nice Victorian house in the Fillmore district. And then, you know, I don't know if it was exactly drugs like they say in the movie, but through, you know, rising housing costs and unemployment. Yeah, even his, if it wasn't drugs, they wouldn't be able to keep that house. Yeah. Like, you, parents, know, like, you know, if they had paid it off, but then the, sure. the property taxes would have gotten higher and stuff. And, yeah, exactly. You know, um, but there was some kind of unemployment, family disruption. I don't know if drugs were the root cause, but his family ends up losing the house. And he always talked about that story with Joe Talbot, the guy who's the director. And they were like, yo, we should make this a movie. This is, you know, it's like Robert Rodriguez says, shoot and write what you know. Write something personal that feels real to you. And then that will resonate universally with the audience and stuff like, you know, it, you, if you try and write from a different perspective or a different sort of, uh, you know, from an experience that's not your own, especially initially, like if you want people to really gravitate and, and be involved in your story, you got to really write from your own perspective and oh, that's always you know, been true for and art. so yeah, um yeah, that's always they, you know they were like we should write this story you mm -hmm. know the story that you're telling and so they use that as the nugget and then they kind of like built out on it right um yeah and uh and and so it's just he goes around the city and just meeting all these different characters and people and they represent different things and there's local uh hoods that yeah. uh, that just hang out on the stoop yeah, well, it's corner. not New York. The corner, yeah, yeah the corner. <laughs> exactly. They're so. them corner boys. The corner boys, uh, where like you know he lives with his friend and his friend's dad. Yeah, and uh, they were uh, that was that took me back. Yeah, I mean it's a great yeah. juxtaposition because it's not all black and white. It's yeah. not. I mean the movie really takes the time to explore and say like just because this guy's standing out on a corner and and just like you know Callie said doesn't mean he's not smart. Just because he's not educated doesn't mean he's not smart or you know yeah. is, is is clued into what's going but you know it really exposes how a lot of those you know young brothers young men young boys 
feel boxed in feel mm-hmm. like this is the only this oh, they don't know they don't know no yeah. different exactly <laughs> and so if you're not exposed enough and different how do you know no, anything different, different exists yeah. if you don't have I've any had, role models right and personally in my life i've had so many conversations with friends who be like oh son you up there you know in the wilderness mm-hmm. and shit like that and i'm like no i'm not actually <laughs> like this is a quite you know substantially built up city there's an area here there's a there's, there's a, a thriving community yeah. i was like these just aren't the people you're used to and the yeah, things yeah. you're accustomed to and and to be honest man like i didn't understand or, or have the perspective uh that there was a lot different than what i was seeing in front of me before yeah. i moved here yeah. and and that's a lot man like that like that that's what that signifies like those dudes on that corner had no resources no options to get out yep. of anywhere but san francisco yeah and they weren't even going to the good parts of san francisco, san francisco. Yep. You, they didn't even get the chance to see what if if i work hard where i'm at i might be able to get to somewhere nice even here yeah. and so like that that's a testament to to the the societal i guess dichotomy like the yeah the, the, no 100% like exactly the, what it the, is the, the dichotomy yeah haves like, and have nots yeah so like yeah, the, the, keep, that, keep away that that's... and it's, it's 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 racial but it's not even just about that it's classist you it's know what classic. I'm saying and that's what the movie yeah. tried to explain like there's yeah. there's there's white people Race here there's a, Jewish a people here yeah. there's, there's all kinds of people yeah. Yeah, affected sure. mm-hmm. by this plight man and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's societal it's Preach, just it's it's nutty to me to 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 see how accurate of a depiction that is and like people who watch this movie from the outside looking in may get the artistic merit but they won't get that and Mm -hmm. that's what I think is very special about this film is people who can relate to it get very special nuggets of knowledge that people who don't can't I guess yeah, if I mean, that if makes sense. I saw it twice yeah, in theaters yeah, yeah. and yeah. I cry both times. Man, I <laughs> I never cry. All the dudes who know me here from the podcast, mm-hmm. man, like mm-hmm. I I very rarely cry. It's got to be a serious situation. But I I bawled, man. I didn't even realize I was crying. I'm sitting in the the, the chair watching the movie and I'm in, so intense, just focused, like just focused on what's happening on the screen and my girl had to tell me I'm crying, man. Like they, yeah. and, and that's that's how real it is. Yeah, it's, really it it's it's very very powerful in that regard. And for me, it's like it's the next evolution in the black sort of urban movie experience. You know, when I was a kid, you know, in the or teenager, you know, we had all these hood movies like. Uh, don't drink don't, your juice while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't be a menace while drinking your juice. juice. Last yeah. episode, like, we all, talked about. I got the hookup. That was iconic for yeah. me no, as a child. That I'm, was I'm black cinema. That, just that movie, but all those movies that's in that title. Yeah, like Juice Boys in the yeah. Hood. The movies menace. that they made fun of. Yeah, yeah Boys oh, yeah, in yeah. the Hood. Sorry. Don't be a menace. Yeah. And so, like those movies were what the iconic black urban youth experience, experience was at that time. Yep. And this one is the next level of that and the next and it's not about like oh someone fighting gangs it's about like the people in the gangs aren't as one dimensional as you think. Um, and it makes you, you you know you need a movie like this that that's slow and methodical and kind of like you know but at times meandering and goes into who these characters are and really kind of unwraps them and makes them three-dimensional people when like you know when you watch boys and Hood, you're like oh that's just the rival gangbanger and he's yeah. a piece of shit but you don't understand right. why he is they don't the explain yeah. like he's his dad was a gangbanger and his yeah, dad before his dad yeah, was yeah, a yeah. gangbanger yeah. and they all in jail that's what he thinks is yeah. great I mean, it's like the kid whose dad owns a jewelry store he's gonna be like oh shit i should get into the jewelry business that's yeah. all i know that's I mean, all i was that's taught. why like menace 
Menace is the best of those movies because at least in Menace, it has with, that with narrative Kane, and yeah. with the main character, you yeah. understand why Kane is the yeah. way he is. Yes. But it doesn't really go into like the guy who he who beats him up or he yeah, beats yeah, up yeah. a girl, hey, blast him. Yeah. Oh dog, oh dog is one dimensional, but he's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. he's, he's he's already past. He's supposed like, to be the monster. He's already yeah. past like yeah. widespread thought. Like yeah. and there's, and there's a ton of people that yeah. you know are representative of that in that community. And I think homeboy that. Uh, Spoiler alert! I guess ends up losing his, you know, life in the movie is yeah. a, a represent representation of that. Yeah. He didn't know no way else to be. Like yeah. he didn't want to be like that. Yeah, it's we don't have to say who it yeah, is. Yeah, but yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so he, yeah. I, I think that was where Old Dog was coming from too. And back then, the way it was expressed it was just raw gangster. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, but like you know, there there were all these kinds of movies out at that time, and it was yeah. This movie point, is the yeah. next sort of iteration or it's the next generation of like millennials and Gen Z's kind of looking at it the last and, in the last few years I'm just to go off your point there's been a lot of great movies like that like um Sorry to Bother You yeah and, Sorry to Bother You is a great commentary yeah. uh, uh, if Bill Street could talk even though yeah. that's in the past it's still like it's made today still haven't We're, seen that you should yeah. uh, exactly like the last two movies that made me cry were if Bill Street could talk and Last Black Man in San Francisco and yeah, like, I mean, I was, it was the same thing. I was uncontrollable. I couldn't just help. Yeah. It was just like yeah. it's so representative of the plight of our people and like, yeah. and my yeah. family yeah. and like my this, experience yeah. and yeah, and in the exact like, same vein, you know, they're they we're kind of in a in the middle of a black film renaissance that, in my opinion, was really kicked off by Black Panther and has continued with movies like Moonlight and If Beale Street Could Talk and Sorry to Bother You. Where I would say Get Out. Is, oh, is, maybe get out. get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's before. That's yeah, before that's, Black that's, that's before Black, Black Panther. Panther is is cool and it takes and it's a I big. I feel like even without Black Panther, or get out. Yeah. We, we yeah. still would have got these movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But like, I mean, it's it, but it's like there's seminal moments where things begin, and so you're like this. Yeah. You know, the Harlem Renaissance began with certain poems being written and stuff like that. Yeah. And so like you have to kind of look at it as like these are like moments, um, and sometimes they're just spikes in the in the in the current of the zeitgeist but mm -hmm. this is spiking and then plateauing I think it's, it's cause more get out, and more essentially. yeah like if get out yeah get there out there might be some other stuff yeah, yeah I, would, I would say get out but like you know that's 2017 yeah 2017 I keep forgetting get out 2017 yeah. but yeah so like get out and you know Black Panther Moonlight uh, sorry to bother right, you. Like, yeah. uh, if Bill Street could talk, you know, even Black Klansman, like all these movies that are examining yeah, that didn't make me cry. You know, that didn't make me cry. That made me angry. Yeah, it but it did something to it's it. It's different. It made me, but yeah. it, it, for and the wrong for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. not mm. because I was like reverent of the situation yeah. they were trying to bring yeah. light to. But it's out there. But it's a part of this. It is, and I'm glad and it like, brings you can awareness. Disagree with it. Your Booker T and your WB. for you. You know, but the fact that we can have these debates and like have these films out and like have them be Academy Award nominees and get a lot of recognition whether you love the films or don't like the film the fact that there is this kind of cultural um, revolution happening with black cinema and like it's not just these one-offs every once in a while but like it these films are on a continuum and if you're on things on a continuum that you know there's oscillation so there's ups and downs mm. and, and, and stuff and so that's the way I see it for like the last two and a half almost three years now of, of filmmaking and um you know, I just saw this film last night. I was talking to you guys about Loose. People should check that out. Um, it's an interesting film about black intergenerational sort of dealing with racism and stuff. L-U-C-E. 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 Yeah. Hopefully, if enough people watch it in the podcast, we'll do a podcast on it. But it's a, you know, there's just these films that keep coming out that I, I'm so grateful that are out that 
um, have black people or black themes at the at the center of them and examine them. And Last Black Man in San Francisco is just a very is a very sharp and poignant uh, sort of uh, point in that in that continuum of looking at gentrification, looking at classism, looking at racism, looking at hyper masculinity, and like kind of all you know, and mm. through the lens of people who love uh, who are losing a city that they love and yeah. to gentrification and, and stuff. And so because you know you don't have racism without classism you don't have sexism without classism like the all these things are yeah, you know rooted part of, all rooted in classism and so um and it's all about the hat like you said the haves and the have-nots and so yeah. um yeah that's i mean it's a beautiful film people should definitely yeah. go check it out i just want to talk about the film in a little bit yeah, just yeah. like uh, the uh the so the opening so it's it, it reminds uh, i want to say like a it starts it's like a greek tragedy and like how it um it yeah. starts with like a opening of just the two characters and it's like how classic greek structure 100 percent uh, acts and plays are of like here are our two heroes leonidas and dararides you know yeah. <laughs> just like and it's just <laughs> leontius <laughs> <Leontius. Yeah. laughs> and it just starts like that yeah, well, whatever the hell they're you know yeah uh, oedipus and electra you know um it just starts with these characters and it just introduces them and they're watching but like in the classic classic uh, greek stuff it's the muse they have the three muses right. who are sitting there talking with black people you got a black preacher on a soapbox yeah. it starts with the yes he's the he's yeah. the muse like what they do this water what this water do this for years they know the atomic bomb over there they got no suits on and we ain't got no suits on they dropped an atomic bomb in it nigga I don't so, think that is true. I don't think that's true. That's <laughs> true. And so, and then, like, and they're like, they're waiting for a bus. It's so, and I, I don't know, we, everybody in this room has been there. Like, you waiting yeah, for the so, bus, yeah. and you're like, oh, I'm going to be late. I gotta yeah. It's like, I got exactly. I got to go. Like, yeah, you're I not mobile because you don't have a car. Friday. I exactly. might help because you on the bus poor. this weekend. <laughs> he, now, like, neither one of them have a car. So, like, they're like, you want to take the, the board, skateboard it? And they're like, let's do it. And it's like before you even know what's happening in the film, like what's going on, like they, these two dudes get on a skateboard together and they're riding a skateboard together through San Francisco. So it's all these poignant scenes, yeah. scenes and beautiful shots of San Francisco. I'm like, I never cared about this 49er city until <laughs> I've, I've yeah. been there, man. It's it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, be it's, it's beautiful be. and tragic at the same time. Yeah, and so yes. they're like skating through the city. I just want like and they're and like the narration of the uh, preacher. Is going over just like a classic Greek with the muses and like he's like like go you know he's like it's this heroic they stole from our ancestors yeah. and they, it's like we these, move through this city and they don't close ups yeah, of his face oh, it, was, it was great it was like oh it was like all right so I'm in so what, like, what resonated you know. with me about that scene like I said I, yeah. I've been there is when they roll past that white guy that, that, and he goes nuts, <laughs> nuts. and start taking <laughs> his clothes off let me go with you, you. <laughs> that is the truest <laughs> shit about San Francisco in I that movie yo yeah. so many random yeah. drug addicts yeah. just be in the streets, street. just yeah. like what's ah! like, yeah. yeah. So I seen so, so much, much shit like that. And yeah, so, and I yeah. saw that. I was like, "That's real. That's, That's real. Yeah. That's real." Because like, I know yeah. my Chicago. Yeah. Uh, you know, me and Double Black from Chicago, and we have a fair share of uh, homeless people and like, yeah, you know, drug people like you know, 
in public transportation they're going crazy and like yeah. you know it's this whole different thing it's it's like it's, it's a not little different it's, it's a little, little different, different. Yeah. i could say i could see the see mm, see that see kind, the that, that urban kind of like the, yeah. crazy homeless person, person they wait until it's the perfect for, opportunity where you can't get rid of them yeah. whereas like in san francisco they know you're going to run away they just want to scare you a little bit it's they want to shake you up exactly. if you stay still and you let them get close oh it's over with mother yeah, but Chicago, just keep, they wait till you're in a they in like the, they got calm as hell they get on the bus and they be like, no, I ain't taking no more murder. Yeah, and they get on the train, they wait until he nailed it. Yeah. He, he said, no, I ain't taking my medicine today. What you talking about, goddammit? And then everybody's like, oh, this nigga here. I'm just trying to go to work, go to school. I've seen so many, yeah, just people just get up out of their seats. Just talk to me a little bit. And just like, yeah. Well, I mean, so, I mean, I did a little research, talked to some people. I mean, the facts of what's happening in San Francisco, I mean, the gentrification happening all over the country, but you know, Brooklyn is a, is a prime example, but Brooklyn. what is happening in San Francisco is really interesting because you have these people who go to work, for example, at Google. You start at Google, and within eight, and you every Google employee gets like stock options. These are people who are like engineers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you start mm-hmm. off making like ninety to hundred k a year, mm-hmm. and then with with your stock options, Google stock splits every eighteen to twenty four months. Okay. So basically, you have about you know you can make almost like half a million dollars mm-hmm. working for Google as an engineer in about two years, maybe two and a half with the t- stock splitting. And then so you have like hundreds if not thousands of people every 18 to 24 months just dropping 300 to $500,000 in the real estate market. And like, it's like mo- most of the time gentrification is way more um, gradual, gradual like yeah. it happens in Brooklyn over like 10 years yeah, yeah but exactly. like like my friend it who's works worked, closer to inflation than a yeah. large amount of money falling into the economy yeah that's my friend who works in real estate on the west coast was just like it's like dropping a bomb Bloop. and so that forces so many people to become homeless at a much Which more rapid, rapid place mm. and you know there are all these problems happening like I have three really nice white friends from suburban stuff they all have horror stories one guy saw a dude get stabbed to death right in front of his building and he, this guy's like a rich like you know in my opinion a rich dude he's done well for himself and he saw and this is in San Francisco he saw a guy get stabbed to death yep. another dude um, his garage was broken into basically every weekend um, and people stole shit out of his garage it was just like at one point he just started leaving stuff out and saying please don't break into my garage and then a female friend of mine talked about how she got dragged into an alley and nearly was sexually assaulted luckily some people were by and they like fought the dude off and she was like two blocks from her house and what you know in place where there's Starbucks and you know and all this and, and yoga studios but it was um it was the fact that there's so many homeless people at such a rapid pace you know and there's people shitting on the streets yeah, yeah, where the, the cops are getting seen sick all of that. you know the hepatitis, yeah. the hepatitis you know san francisco's really going through some very rapid right. kind of growing and changing I, it, pace just, which is yeah. interesting it's terrible man i like you don't even have to go there to see that kind of stuff yeah and i seen a video of a dude get yeah. his head stomped in in front of a, a mm. popeyes or kfc or something yeah. like that right downtown san francisco yeah. so yeah man, i mean it's not to that, say like that these, tenderloin ain't yeah. so tender like yeah. dave Chappelle yeah. said yeah. I've, been, exactly. I've been through that thing yeah i mean it's 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 not night. like this stuff isn't happening in other places in the country, but San Francisco is like such a focal point because it's so rapid in such a small amount of time. And right. it's spreading to Oakland now. If you listen to the hyphy uh, music, what the kids are talking about, with oh, yeah. what's happening, because, I mean, they basically bought out all the real estate in San Francisco, and now they're moved, they're looking for other places in the Bay Area. And so it's it's happening in Oakland. There's a lot of, mm. um, like, keep, oh, keep this neighborhood black, keep this neighborhood Hispanic. 
you know, type thing and pushing back and, you know, oh, you're liberal, but you're pushing all these people out with your money and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, so liberal. So liberal and progressive, so liberal. but you're making so all these fucking people homeless and stuff. Oh. And so, yeah. Well, you got to get your lattes. Yeah, exactly. You and, know. Yeah. You, yeah. You I mean, because, like, lattes. you know, what they do, like, there's a scene where they show the home before and after a realtor gets to it and changes it up and it's like what the f like it's just yeah it's mm. like night and day but anyway it's a great movie i highly recommend it i can't recommend it enough if you want to see a glimpse into black masculinity you know gentrification classism uh it's you know in my opinion like the best black urban movie out this year mm. if you want to like look at it like that you know it's the With sorry to honorable mention year. to uh i got to hook up to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, Master Dishonorable. <laughs> anti-coonery. Shout out, shout out, Master P. I thought we were the anti-coonery. Hey, 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 hey. We ain't seen that yet. Okay. Yeah. I really just want to watch Laser Beam. <laughs> watch I got DC the, Young Fly. I got because he doesn't know who that guy who's is. Who's DC Young oh, Fly? He's, I don't know he's, this. So he's a comic. Like, Jesse Peterson. You will, <laughs> no, no. He you will. He, he, no, he, he watch the interview. Yeah. Watch the interview you with him and Jesse hate Peterson. DC Young but, Fly. Yo, DC Young Fly is a cool dude. He's a comic. He was on uh, Wildin' Out on MTV. Yes, he was, he yeah. is now part of the '85 South Show, That's with Nick uh, Cannon. which yeah. I, I patron. Great show, by the way. Carlos Miller, Chico. Carlos and Chico are funny. I like those dudes. Chico. So I was at the Boston show. Shout out to them. But yeah, DC Young Fly is part of that whole collective. He's a he's a funny guy. Very very good with the physical comedy. Yes. Coonery. No no I don't know. You don't know, but like I just want to watch you watch it. I want to watch you watch. I got the hooker. Yeah. Didn't he do something like he did the Red Man Met the Man movies? He did. Yes, he was in the sequel to How High, and I I don't claim that's a thing. I don't even try and put that. Like the sequel, I never even. No, it it, it yeah. just came out. I ain't seen it either. I don't want to okay. see it. Lil Yachty don't even smoke weed, and he's Little Yachty. The, the the star. So yeah, let's he talk can't. about real black cinema. Anyway, yeah. Let's uh, reviews. Yeah. I guess at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can go around. Uh, so uh, you want to kick wants, it off? I guess yeah. I, I'll go first. So um, this movie was recommended to me by Double Black, as I said earlier, man. Mm. And uh, I I saw a trailer and was just kind of uh, you know. Just, just taken aback by it and I was like you know what I, I, I gotta check it out um, and so I watched the movie the first time I watched it I was kind of distracted I was doing things around the house but I, I did understand how That's important crazy it was talk. yeah and so uh, I watched it again I watched it a second time and I sat and I paid attention to the entire thing and we, we've gone over what happens and everything but there was just multiple scenes where I, I just sat there and I could think of distinct moments in my life that were not necessarily the exact same thing, but the story could be told the same way, uh, if that makes sense. Like the, the, the story is the same, but the events don't happen in the same you know order or whatever. But uh, it, it's just a testament to no matter where you live in, you black or you poor or you you know you not you don't have the same as everyone else you know what i'm saying and that's really really comes down to it. it's not about where you at it's about what you got um and it it just you know i i just related so much to the film uh you know i have a house in my family that is you know quite old about as old as they they talk about in this movie and my family is currently fighting over it uh, so that resonated with me huge um, and you know it, it made me shed tears so like that's enough said like I, I don't do that with a lot of cinema uh, 
and and art in general um you know music most prominently because i make music and when i hear good music sometimes it'll make the tears come down but not very often and this this i was bawling man um so you know if you are you know not young old or anything if you are someone who just wants to know about you know maybe a, a aspect of society you haven't seen before or you want to see something that's a testament to to what you've been through to to have a reference to what to go forward on uh this movie is that um and you should see it everyone should see it i don't care if you're black white purple green everybody should see this movie um so i'm gonna give it five uh sjs um and one star scream just because you know there was a couple of scenes to me that that felt cheesy but not everybody's experience is the same so those are definitely valid you know so yeah all right uh i'll go next um uh, this, this is gonna be a love fest it's gonna be a love fest we're all gonna pretty much be on the same page probably the same scores that kind of thing so um yeah i just uh uh, I really um, uh, can't say enough great things about the film. Uh, it's a really great film. Obviously, again, uh, shout out to Double Black, my brother. Uh, he put me onto this movie. Um, I had some friends mention it to me, but I was like, I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And then he told me, and uh, he he was about to tell me a lot, and I was like, say no more. I'm gonna check this out ASAP. And uh, so I did, and I went with my girl, and we saw it, and uh, we saw it in full little packed theater in uh, Amherst uh, full with people who in the like in the movie currently own the who own the house in the beginning of the movie <laughs> yeah. that's, that's exactly that's it like all so everybody man. in the theater was like that like hey, hey man, man. <laughs> what are you doing, doing man that's like, this area there's like Everybody else in the theater was yep. like, <laughs> 100% so, that was like when I went to see Sorry to Bother You so yeah. it was just full of that um, there's a few uh Hampshire kids in there or whatever or something um so it was uh it was all good you know but it's I, hey that's better than them not watching it so it's, I'm glad I think this is a movie more people should see uh everybody should see it as much as possible just like Catalyst said um I just really um I just on a personal I really related to the Montgomery Montgomery character uh, Mont, Mont, yeah. Is, is, is his whole name is Montgomery? They say yeah, that. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was Lamont. <laughs> no, 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 no. His, his name is Montgomery. Montgomery, Montgomery and, and they just call him Mont. Mont. Okay, yeah. I really relate to him. Uh, you know, uh, I haven't uh, lived in the hood for a while, but when I did, I was in a, a similar uh, kind of lifestyle that he was in, where it was just very. In, I was insular and, uh, you know, into. The, you know the educational things that I like, um, books and nerdy stuff that I like, and reading motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. I had that happen in my life. You know, and uh, you just move through, and like he figured it out, and like, and he lives, he still lives there as an adult, and then, you know, uh, when you move through that those circles, like, you know, when he interacts with them, it was like, like my girl was like, "That's you," and like <laughs> when you know they're like, they dropped the bomb in the water, <laughs> then he yeah, just walks I up to him real that. like. I don't think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's me. That's laser beam. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just if like... you want to know what laser beam is like, watch Mont. <laughs> yeah. Like, hmm. Yeah, you just throw him off with a little, you know, little side. Uh, yeah. Uh, just For sure. dis- disarming. Uh, and it's just the thing you have to do, and it's just it's great. So, uh, great movie, great movie, near perfect. Uh, 
I'm gonna give it uh, five SJs and a half a star screen because some scenes weren't uh, like when they were doing the play. I won't get into details, but and then some stuff in the play was a little off of like it was a little too much of a play in a play. It was too much like a play. Like, did I make him do that? Did I push him too hard? I was like, come on, that's not real. Like, that's a yeah. play, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was it was a yeah. little bit of a play in a play. A little, but it's still interesting so half a star screen like that's all i'm giving it you know yeah yeah um so that's okay. where i'm at yeah uh real quick uh just to go over our rating system is uh sjs yeah. and star screams yeah. stars sjs you know can stand for sam jackson's or stony jackson's whatever cool black dude that's an sj initials for you silas jones silas yeah. jones whatever you want that's you know how we're doing it and that means a positive and then star screams are negatives in case this is your first time listening to us um and so we do a dual rating we talk about all the things that we liked and we give that one score and then we talk about things we didn't like and we give that another score right um and so and also if you're interested in uh in in commenting or liking or sharing please do that but also drop us an email at podcastbegin at gmail.com we love to hear from you guys and Whoa. you know if you guys have any hints of what you guys want to add or want us to talk about or hear from us we would love that um, if you want to phone in and talk to uh, us that's yeah. a possibility that's yeah. a capability we're going to start doing things like that soon sure if I mean, you want us to talk about your brand any of that man, any just of that. email yeah. us yeah podcast begin at gmail.com we also have an instagram begin podcast we have a facebook we have a twitter like check us out on there i'm doing these one shots where i'm just doing quick reviews of movies where we don't have time to all get together but um yeah what's um, your numbers what's your numbers uh oh right so but real quick a couple other things is another good reason to watch this movie is if you love the song i got five on it there's a guy who plays a street character who's a singer he sings for money and he he sings the um, if you're going to San Francisco, I believe by the Mamas and the Papas is originally written. Um, San Francisco. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the theme of this, the the musical theme. He also sung the hook for "I Got Five on It, Ready I'm On It" from the Loonies back in the day. So you know, just a little shout out. And I would say watch this movie if you're anybody who's experienced loss. You know, especially familial loss. It couldn't. It doesn't have to be a house. It could just be losing a parent losing something that was a defining identity to you i think you know you don't have to be black white or whatever just this the theme of loss and losing oneself and losing one's home i think is what is the universal sort of message that'll resonate so um i you know i talked a lot about other things but real quick you know i give it five sjs and one star scream i think it's a it's a perfect artistic movie in a lot of ways um i the only star screams i have is i wish it dealt a little bit more with the black um, sort of relationship of men